Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ginde. Uh, just as it was said, you parents watch out. When you send your daughters for father studies, it may be extended to mother studies. <laughs> Amen. Well, I thank God I haven't, been, uh, I haven't spoken to this congregation since the year began. I've covered all the other city ministries or branches, uh, but now I'm, I'm winding up here. And since the fracas that we had, uh, it's, it's just, it was much. I intended to, to speak to the situation via Valley Road, but it didn't, it didn't come. So we will try and see, because we've just celebrated our Easter, and we don't want to muddle the waters once more or again when things are, are taking shape. But my subject today is a service to man. Service to man. Well, when you look at the ministry of Jesus, his express mission was that he came to serve. He stated right early in his ministry that the Son of Man did not come to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was the express mission of Jesus. Why Jesus came to serve and not to be served. And it is, it is necessary that we, we understand as Christian believers, we emulate the author of our faith. And if we are true believers, true Christians we also serve and in serving there is great rewards i i want to read from isaiah 58 from verse 6 58 from verse 6 let me divert a bit from reading from my favorite which is king king new king james not old king james but new king james but in Checking through other versions, I found it great reading from the Living Bible, from verse 6. The Living Bible puts it this way so that I can communicate what I intend to do with understanding. It says, stop oppressing those who work for you and treat them fairly and give, give them what they earn. I want you to share your food with the hungry and bring light. Now bring light into your homes, those who are helpless, poor, and destitute. Clothe those who are cold and don't hide from your relatives who need your help. Verse 8. If you do these things, one, God will shed his own glorious light upon you. He will heal you of your sicknesses. Your godliness will lead you forward. And goodness will be a shield before you. And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind then when you call the lord will answer yes i'm here he will quickly reply and all you need to do is to stop oppressing the weak and stop making false accusations and spreading vicious rumors verse 10 feed the hungry help those in trouble then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you shall be as bright as day and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy you with all good things and keep you healthy and you will be like a well-watered garden 
like an ever-flowing spring. Your sons will rebuild the long-deserted ruined cities and you will be known as the people who rebuild their walls and cities. You talk about rebuilding the nation. Now, we have been through as a country through the, a crisis. And we are just in the process of now healing. And as believers, the Bible is telling us that true spirituality, true spirituality that Jesus Christ displayed is found in serving others. It's found in service. We don't live to ourselves. You know, you, you are not just here. We are social beings and that's why we are together. Your welfare is, is my welfare. The first thing that Cain did, he said, am I my brother's keeper? And that was the, the cause of the whole problem of, of, of social injustice. But the truth is that we are each other's keeper. The welfare of one depends on the welfare of all the others. And so the Bible is telling here that true spirituality is service to others, is serving others. And I see I have 15 minutes left. Let me summarize what I had intended to preach. Serving man is a reflection of our love for God. First John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. If you don't love one another, the Bible says you can't claim that you know God or you're Christian. And then it goes on to say that love is active. Verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he say that I love God whom he has not seen? Verse 21. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must, that's a command, must love his brother also. Now what we have seen, and as we continue to, to, to heal, is that we have very few Christian brothers, or people who love God in Kenya. If we were to pass the litmus test of love as a, as a, a country that boasts of 80% Christians, we would fail very miserably. The animosity that was netted out, all the killing that went on, the tribal and ethnic uh, animosity and hatred, you can't say we love one another. Because love is practical. And James reminds us that what does it profit my brother if someone says he has faith. And that faith is, is, is a, a byproduct of love for God. But does not have works. That faith cannot save you. If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily bread... And you say to him, God bless you. God bless you, brother. Depart in peace. Be filled. Be warm. <laughs> but you do not give them the things that are necessary for the body. <laughs> that ends you nowhere. That profits you nothing. Our love for God is expressed in practical ways of service to man. Of compassion for others and 
If you do it the other way around, if it is not motivated by love for God, it becomes what we call philanthropy. You have become a philanthropist, but that will only help you live here on planet Earth. When you get to heaven, you've been good. In other words, you don't get a reward of loving God on behalf of his people. It begins with the love for God and the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts is extended to our neighbor. Then it becomes profitable love, well-motivated love, a love that has a motive. In all that we do, we do it as unto the Lord. And when we've done that, the Bible says that we receive a reward from God and the favor of God is upon us. And when everything is done, we get his reward. If you do it the other way around, it's called philanthropy and you become good for nothing at the end of your love. The second thing is that service to man bestows on you greatness and honor. You want to be great? Jesus said, you must be servant of all. That's the summary of, of what I had in mind. John 13, verse 1 to 5. Jesus' expression of his love, of, of service, what he came to do. He said that, let me back up. There was a competition among the disciples who is going to be greatest and who is going to be called honorable. And the two brothers uh, wanted the term honorable James and Horn. John. And they, they said, Lord, give us some promotion. One, we've been with you for this long. And they didn't recognize that Jesus was just about to face his death. And they were arguing among themselves and they, they were told, Jesus told them, you want to be great? You want to have the seat of honor? You must be the servant of all. And he demonstrated it by washing their feet even, even when he was going. To, the last act of love that Jesus left us was washing the disciples' feet. Now that is the last act of love. The whole story of Jesus is about helping people who are sick, helping people who are, who are bedridden, who are, who, are, who are hungry, all that. But his last act of love was to wash the disciples' feet, including Judas. And he says, I've done this so that you might do it for others, to others, to show that if you want to be great, people must be your goal. Service to people and love for people. That, that, that service emanates from a love of God that spreads out to a love for people. Two. Now that is number two. Honor. You want honor. You want greatness. Jesus' prescription for that is service to man. Three. Service to man establish, establishes you to a firm and peaceful And secure reign. Secure reign. If you are a ruler and you want to establish your, 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 your kingdom, you want to establish your reign, if you become a president, if you become, uh, forget about the president, let's begin with the, who? the civic leader. Chief. <laughs> Just start below there. If you want to become a chief, if you want to become a sub-chief, sub-chief, chief, headman, headman. <laughs> it starts way down there. Whichever office you want to attain to, if you want to be an MP, if you want to be a president of Kenya, your aim must be that you want to serve the people of Kenya and not your interests and not your honor. 
And let me give you an example from 1 Kings chapter 12. This was Rehoboam. Rehoboam was being installed as the king of Israel. And being young and a novice in matters of, of governance, he sought for help, advice. And he called the old people, and the old people advised him well that if you want to be great, if you want to be established in this kingdom, become a servant of these people today and serve them and answer them well and speak to them good words. You will be king forever and forever. <laughs> this old man told him, and then the young man came and told him, ah, forget it. You are boss, king, man, rule with authority. Want to see your authority? Tell them, if you will, this little finger of mine <laughs> will, be, will be bigger <laughs> than my father's word. Waist. Can you imagine a, a little finger and a waist? In other words, the mentality of boss Showing authority, showing that you're the biggest man in, in, in wherever, whichever, will not do. If you want to secure your, your reign, or whichever, whatever, um, whatever form it may take, either as an MP, whoever it is, if you want to be an MP of your area for a long life, the prescription is serve. And that's what we don't, we don't, that's what we Kenyans don't see. We see MPs who are self-serving. And I'm not ashamed to say that. Because they're the highest earning MPs in the whole of Africa. The world. Now, but let's begin with Africa because that is statistical. The rest of the world might say because of the cost of living. But Africa, the highest, and they say they are serving you. And we are seeing things that, and so, he lost. What did do? Rehoboam lost his reign. In fact, the kingdom was divided. Those were the consequences of, of not serving. His kingdom was divided and he was left with only two tribes of Israel. Ten of them went to the north. He remained with two. And eventually, he remained with those two just because of the promise of God upon David. That no wonder. We, we Kenya is regarded as a collection of tribes. Instead of a nation, one nation under God. We are a collection of tribes, and as long as we remain a collection of tribes, we shall not be a nation. It's time we started serving as Kenyans, known as Kenyans. Our perception of leadership must change from positions of honor, from boss mentality, into service mentality. Serving is what will make this country great. Number, what was that? Number four. Service to man will guarantee your prosperity. You know, we, we have a lot of preachers who preach prosperity, but only enriching themselves. And the congregation doing what? Giving to the man of God. I have a salary. You don't have to, you know, give to the man of God in order for you to be blessed. Give to the church and God will bless you. This prosperity that only enriches the ministers <laughs> is not true prosperity. It says in Proverbs 11 verse 24 to 25. Check there. It says this. In the, in the Living Bible it says, It is possible to give freely and become wealthy. It is possible to be liberal and become wealthy. But those who are stingy will lose. Those who are stingy will lose everything. 
everything. You talk about prosperity. Prosperity does not come by hoarding. What comes to you is mine. I earned it. I worked for it. Or I stole it. Whatever the case may be. I, the Bible is saying it is possible to give very freely and become wealthy. But those who are stingy will lose everything. The generous prosper and are satisfied. The generous prosper and are satisfied. Those who refresh others will, will themselves be refreshed. So as you give, you are not impoverishing yourself. As you give, you are enriching yourself. Now, the, 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 what Jesus prescribed is real and is true. Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. How much? Good measure. How big? Press down. Shaken together. Running over. I think there is a song like that. We sing it, we don't practice it. Now, where did Jesus get that from? Is a principle in life. If you become a receiver and not a giver, you become dead sea. Dead sea only receives. That's why it is dead. In other words, you become dead while living. Because what you get will be taken away from you. You will lose all, as the Bible says. But the opposite, as you give, you receive. And the more you give, the more you receive. This is the promise from God. And all of us, giving is not dependent on how much you earn. The poor can give. It is the attitude of the heart. It's not realizing that others have more, therefore they can give. We all can give. Number five, serving others offers happiness to life. You want to be happy? Serve others. Proverbs 14 verse 21 says, It is seen to despise one's neighbor, to despise others because they are poor. It says this, but he who has mercy on the poor, happy is he. You want happiness? Happiness is found, the Bible is giving prescription of happiness. Happiness is found in serving others. And there was an article, I think it was in, 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 in th on Thursday. On Thursday, I read it on Thursday and I said, wow, this is something. It, 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 it said this. That money can buy happiness only if you spend it on someone else. This research was reported that spending as little as a hundred shillings on someone else could significantly boost your happiness. Now, it had to take a team of researchers from Harvard Business School. Harvard Business School. To confirm or affirm what the Bible has always said. And, and this, is, this is the conclusion. That regardless of how much income each person made, those who spent money on others reported greater happiness. While those who spent more on themselves did not. The manner in which employees spent their money was a more important predict predictor of their happiness than the amount spent. Than the amount spent. It's not the amount, it's the attitude of service to man, of giving, and of seeking other people's welfare. Now, this shatters the myth that the more you earn, the happier you become. You will be happy if spent on others. Now, the African billionaires 
I don't know where they got this mentality. All the African billionaires, including Mobutu Sesseko, sent or keep their money where? Switzerland. Why? Because they are told that your money is secure in the Swiss banks. And most of our African billionaires keep their money in Swiss. Enriching the, the Swiss. The economy of, of Switzerland is run by the, the, the foolish Africans. Who keep their money there. So secure that their wife do not even have access to that account. Or even their children. And poor Africans, they die leaving it to the, to the Swiss banks. That economy is run on monies from these foolish Africans who keep their money there, billions. That economy is run on finance economy, the, the Switzerland economy. You know it. They don't have any tourism. They don't have anything to offer much. They used to be uh, to, to offer watches until the Japanese came on with cheap, cheap watches. And then they realize there is money in Africa. Foolish Africans. So all the billionaires of Africa are enriching where? And impoverishing their people. And when they die, it's inherited by the Swiss banks. What are we saying? We are saying happiness is not found in the amount of money you keep in Swiss banks or whichever banks, happiness is found in sharing, in sharing out. Very quickly, uh, six, serving others adds length of days and long life while greed shortens your life. James chapter 4 asks, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war among your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet, cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. This greed of man, the greed of man will shorten your life. If you're greedy, if you're lustful, you are shortening your life. The, the bloodshed that, 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 that two Kenyans or that we have experienced, including these displaced persons, can be traced to this very one fact of greed. Greed for possessions. Greed for power. And reports that we, we know that our economy is, is run by only 20% of the population. Those are the rich. The rest are below poverty line, one dollar each. And then talk about the land, who occupies most lands. Now, what we experienced was just stage one. What Kenya went through was just stage one. If the rich do not share their wealth with the poor, if you don't give, stage two is coming. And history would teach us. And we don't seem to learn from history. The rise and fall of kingdoms. Whichever kingdom. You, you better read some books about the, the rise and fall of kingdoms. Talk about Russia. The Tsars of Russia. Who are the rulers. And the, the masses were oppressed and they were poor. They rose up. That's where, is it communism? started with Karl Marx. They rose up and said, how can a few people enjoy the wealth of this nation? And what did they do? There was a revolution in Russia. Talk about China, Mao Zedong, the communism, socialism. That's how it started. The, 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 in, in China, they were the, the, the rulers. There were some rulers kings and lords who did not want to share. <laughs> and the Chinese rose up once more. Talk about France, the French Revolution, and what we call about, what we call um, 
factory, this revolution, the industrial revolution, the industrial revolution was that the, the poor were oppressed by the ruling because they did not want to share. You know, stage one of what happened, happened only among the poor, among the slums. I, I live near there. They burnt all those shanties. They burnt all the sheds. And these are just the poor. You know, the displacement, people were fighting for only one acre of land, two acres. They didn't know that some own a thousand acres. Now, when they are finished finishing each other, they will, they will start and say, hey, why are we killing each other? We are poor. Look at those ones. Look at them. Why don't we share with them? And they will rise. This was stage one. I'm telling you, this was because of only 20% of the rich hold the whole economy. Of stage two is coming if we don't identify. Stage two is coming if we don't agree to share and serve man. If we greed will cause us to accumulate and accumulate and accumulate until we, we store in the Swiss bank, we, store, we can't do... I mean, where will money take you? You know, to become rich for the sake of wealth is not a goal to live for. It's service for man. Very quickly, service for man guarantees you your health. Now, we read that. If you want, it's found in Isaiah 58, what we read, and verse 8a. God will shed his own glorious light upon you. He will heal you. He will heal you. It's saying if you share. It doesn't say if you go to hospital. If you call a prayer for is saying that God will heal you if you do what? If you share what you have. M much of our sicknesses come to us because we are stingy. <laughs> Find out why are you sick. Pastor, I'm sick. Pray for me. Why? If, if you can eliminate and start by elimination, Start by elimination and let stinginess be one of them. It says, then you will be healed. Number eight, service to man guarantees your protection against the evil one. Service to man is your security, not bodyguards. You know, the wealthy are very much afraid that somebody is, is looking around to, to take some of them. And so they have bodyguards, they have guns, they have security all over. The Bible says that service to man is a protection against the evil one, a guarantee of your security. Verse 8b, goodness will be a shield before you, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. You don't have to look out to find out who is following me. Anyway, service to man, number nine, service to man guarantees open heaven. Verse nine, yes, you will call and the Lord will answer, yes, I'm here. Now, some of us wonder why our prayers are hitting the ceiling. Pastor, I pray and I don't seem to get a breakthrough. Hmm. Watch, eliminate, check yourself. Are you, are you stingy? Are you fair? Are you giving? Are you serving man? It guarantees open heaven. You don't have to struggle in prayer. All you have to do it, it, it goes on to say all you have to do is stop oppressing the weak and stop making false accusations and spreading vicious rumors. Some of these things just come to us because of our relationships with each other. Now, very quickly, and then we shall be gone. Service to man guarantees the favor of the Lord. Verse 11. Verse 11 says, the Lord will guide you continually. The Lord will guide you continually. And not only that, satisfy you with all good things and keep you healthy. I repeat, man, the favor of the Lord is what we seek. 
And that, the Bible says, will only come when you practice true spirituality, which is service to man, which Jesus came to do. He came to serve. He came to serve. The Lord will guide you continually. Let's end this, this and say, we could go on, go on, go on. There are more than this. But this is deep wisdom. It is comforting that when we help others to thrive, when we encourage them, when we seek each other's welfare, God does the same thing to us. We are helping ourselves. We are enriching our own lives. We are gaining happiness. For you cannot outdo God. I pray that we shall determine, even as we heal, what contribution can you make in serving man? If, if all the NGOs did what they have written in their memorandums, I tell you, we would not have the poor. If all the NGOs that deal with the slums actually did what they write in their constitutions, there will be no poor in Kenya. But what is it? People use these NGOs to enrich themselves. And before long, they will discover that they are like Gehazi. <laughs> the poverty of the slum will come to them because God will remove even all that they have. What, what will happen? The sicknesses of, of Naaman will come to them. If all the NGOs in Kenya that, that are serving the, the, the HIV, in the, in the articles they say, we are as humanitarian HIV assisting these, assisting the, the poor, assisting the orphans. If all of them did that, there would be no poor. There would be no, there would be, <laughs> this country would be different. But the, the truth of the matter is all that money that is collected ends up with the greed. The greed of the organizers, of the directors, of the leaders. And what happens? God, the Bible, God does not lie. The, the poverty of the poor lands on you. Now, this one said eventually that your sons... You know, what we do, we are cursing our generations to come. But when we do service to man, your sons will rebuild the long deserted ruins of your cities and you will be known as the people who rebuild the walls of their cities. Service to man guarantees that you will leave your prosperity to your children and children's children. Shall we stand and pray? You may have had contributed to all that went on in Kenya. You have to examine yourself. Where do you fall? Is, 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 your, is your lust for wealth? Is your treatment of your workers the treatment and a worker could be that maid, that house help, whoever you meet, anybody. Are you contributing to this love of God? If we say that we are Christians, that's the, the mark. They will know us by our love. We shall be marked by our fruit. Not what we say, not how much we pray. Because even if we pray that, the Bible says there be a, it, it will hit the ceiling. Shall we pray? And let me leave that. Lord, we thank you that you came to be an example. And when you washed the disciples' feet, you said that I've left you as an example that you do this for one another, to serve. Lord, we pray that we may be interested not only in our own welfare, but in the welfare of others. Then we would not be able to see what happened to Kenya, the bloodshed, the hatred. Father, forgive us. We pray that we shall love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That we shall be concerned about each other's welfare as, as you are concerned about us and gave your life for us. Help us, Father, to apply your word to our own lives. 
We are helping ourselves by doing what you command us. I pray that you will be with us. I pray that, Lord, you will save lives. You will transform lives. There are people who can't do it because they don't have the spirit of God in their lives, the spirit of, of love. I pray that you will instill that in us. Thank you. Be with us as we go to practice what we learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Time is up. All that you've continued to do for us, and we thank you. This far, you've been our Ebenezer. You've been with us. We pray that you'll continue to be with us. May your favor continue to rest with us as we face yet another year of great challenges. We pray that you'll minister to us. We thank you for the faithfulness of your people. It's an indication that they desire you. They desire to seek your face. We pray that their desire may not be frustrated. They will meet with you. You'll minister to them as they give of their substance in worship to you. We pray that you'd bless them and bless the work of their hands. Bless your word as we under, seek to understand your word, as we seek to work your word into our lives. We pray that it will bear fruit. And fruit that will last to eternity. Bless us as we sit at your feet. May your Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds to understand the things of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today we take into membership uh, several people. And I want to ask if your name is in the list that is in the bulletin. And you are here, uh, if you can make your way very, very quickly here to the front, we want to extend a hand of welcome to you and fellowship as you join us here at NPC Valley Road as a member. I don't see anybody standing. You know, oh, thank you, finally. Please come, come and just, just stand, stand over here. All of you whose names are in the list, We have a membership process which starts with a membership class. Uh, if you would want to join our membership, you attend the membership class where we brief you on who we are, what we do, and what is required of members. After that, you go through an interview if you qualify, and uh, finally, you are taken into membership. These are the people who have attended the class, have met with uh, our leaders, and uh, we have fellowshiped with them. Uh, the requirements are that one must be born again, they must be baptized by immersion and uh, walking with the Lord, and they should have attended this church for one year. So these are the people, if you see any of them and say, that one I know him, or I know her, surely, please let us know. But otherwise, we want to welcome them. Others are still coming. Please come quickly because our time is really fast spent. Elders and deacons who are with us, together with their spouses, pastors and their spouses, by now you would be on the platform to extend a hand of welcome to these people. Where are they? All the pastors, elders, deacons, uh, together with their spouses, please come. Uh, to the platform at this time. Right, please t just turn around. Um, we know we have taken you through the membership class. You have signed the membership covenant, but I just want us to hear you again. Do you commit yourself as a member of this church to do all that is within your ability to maintain the bond of peace and unity in this church, to support it with all your substance and 
whatever gifts and talents God has given you. If this is your commitment, we want to, you to say, I do. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that out of the many nations of this world, the many tribes and races, you have picked out a people for yourself. And we here in NPC Valley Road are a reflection and a representation of that body which is known as the church. You have called us, O oh God, to be agents and ambassadors of your word to the world. And so we organize ourselves in this way that we may be the light and the salt of the earth. We thank you that these dear ones who have attended this church for a, a period of time have now decided to commit themselves to the ministry of NPC Valley Road and Sitam at last. I pray, Father, that you'll give them the grace, the wisdom, and all that they need to be true ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We do know that the writing of their names in the church roll and the church register is no guarantee of them entering the kingdom of heaven. And so if there is any of them who by any chance would have done so but has not made a commitment to you personally, and whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray that even at this point, you would convict them and bring them to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because there is no other name given unto men through whom we might be saved, except the name of Jesus Christ. Having a, a card from NPC will never guarantee our entrance into your kingdom. But we thank you that those who have made this decision have chosen to be part of what we are doing here and to be part of propagating your gospel. And so we dedicate them to you now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pastors, elders, deacons, if you could stand. I don't see our spouses. They have rebelled or something. If you could just come uh, around, uh, we want to extend to them a hand of welcome. Would you give them a clap if you welcome them? Amen. Amen. It's a great celebration. And this afternoon, we want to welcome all of you who have uh, come here at the front uh, to join us for a special celebration luncheon uh, in the old sanctuary after the third service. There's a short clip from the youth church that we'll see, and then we invite our bishop to share with us from the word of God. Uh, just... This coming month of April is going to be the Youth Initiative Month.
precious blood so we could be his friends his friends until the That's from the youth church. In the month of April, as I've mentioned, all our services are going to be run by the youth uh, ministry. I can tell you it's going to be a great time. Uh, from the uh, main services to the Tuesday services to the Friday uh, services and the cashers, everything. Just to give our young people opportunity to minister to us uh, because they rarely get this chance. So we want you to come and join with us as we celebrate youth. And now we want to ask you to put your hands together as we welcome our bishop to share with us from the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ginde. It's uh, long since I preached here. I was hoping that um, I'd be here earlier, but this is the time the Lord has decided Muddle the waters once more now that we grace as we go. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless you and have a great week.